patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Well, ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible talks about this as the fruit of the Spirit, a gentleness in us, that means that he is producing a characteristic of God in all of us. That, That means you and me. It helps us to conform, you know, to the image of Jesus Christ, making you and me more like him every day. When it comes to this uh, uh, scripture of Galatians chapter 5, the original Greek word for gentleness is proutus, proutus. It can mean both the gentleness and meekness. And throughout today's service is going to include other uh, characteristics of gentleness, but I want to make sure you understand that the original uh, proutus meant both gentleness and meekness. It occurs many times in throughout the New Testament. Sometimes it's translated as meek and sometimes as gentle. But today, what I want to do is provide you with at least four different types of, uh, 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 let's say, topics of, not just topics, but different things, different points. The first one is the gentleness of Jesus. And then we're going to speak about, you know, just share a little bit about the gentleness as an antidote for conflict. Then the gentleness communicates love, and that gentleness is not a weakness. So let's begin right away. You know, how do we know that Jesus was gentle? Well, he mentions it in the scripture as found in Matthew 11, verse 29. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, notice that Jesus uh, links gentleness with humility. Paul, the writer of Galatians, also associates gentleness with humility, and as he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, he started out by saying, by the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. If we look at a gentle and meek together and then link them to humble, we have a strong sense of what this fruit of the Spirit is all about. You see, gentleness in our relationship with God means we yield to his will. We abide by his teachings and are grateful for his blessings. It describes the attitude we should have and the way that we should respond with relating to one another. In our relationship with others, it means that we are selfless, respectful, and even-tempered. Now, one way that we can understand gentleness is to think of words that are opposite of the word. For example, as harsh or rough or insulting or angry or sarcasm, to name a few. We have a little glimpse of what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. I want to look that up for you a moment. He wrote here, it says, get rid of all bitterness rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types, as well as all types, he's writing here, of evil behavior. You see, gentleness abhors the the sarcasm, the hatred, and violence, but it requires several other fruits of the Spirit to join along 
this fruit, you know, the, this part, the characteristics of the fruit of gentleness, which can include kindness, it includes love, it includes faithfulness, and we know it also includes self-control. I'm not going to go into that today because next week as we end this sermon series, we're going to go a little deeper on that part of the characteristic of the fruit that talks about self-control. So when he mentioned that, he goes on to verse 32. He says, instead, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, this is a scripture that is used a lot in weddings, and I'm not surprised by it. It gives instructions or some sort of recipe, a little recipe of having a wonderful marriage. To be kind, to be tenderhearted, to be forgiving, to imitate God in everything, to live a life of sacrificial love. Our gentleness or lack of it comes out when we face difficult interpersonal situations. When those situations happen, keep in mind uh, that gentleness is an antidote to conflict. For example, when someone is angry or insulting you, and, and it says we nat- naturally we tend to all of a sudden be insulting and get angrier at them or with them. But this is certainly not the way that God wants it. In Proverbs 15, verse 1, it says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You see, to respond gently to anger and insults requires us to be connected to God. Remember, we're speaking about the fruit of the Spirit. And if we go back to John 15, when Jesus is saying, I am the true vine, remain in me. And so by being connected to the true vine, by being connected, knowing that the fruit of the Spirit is producing this kind of fruit in us of gentleness, we need to make sure that we are connected to God in order to show that gentleness in our lives. Amen. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of gentleness in us because it is so contrary to our natural impulses. With a gentle spirit, there's no dominating ego, no lust for putting yourself first. It takes a sacrifice, a crucified spirit to be meek and humble. The Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing one another in love. See, in this verse, we can see how gentleness and humility go hand in hand. You cannot be gentle without being humble and vice versa. When people are angry and upset with you, it is a sign of God doing a great work in all of you and me when we are able to respond in gentleness and humility. What a powerful testimony that will be. What a wonderful way of demonstrating God's love to others. So gentleness communicates love. Paul knew how dangerous a society can can become when gentleness succumbs to a culture of selfish outrage, 
when groups fight each other to get their own way and ignore the interests of others. Everything in our culture seems like people are against each other. Like Pastor Jake you know, uh, prayed, it talks about you know, the, the upcoming elections. Whether it's um, Blue Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, there's no agreement some, you know, in the midst of the arguing back and forth. They're not agreeing with each other, and they don't even know how to disagree with each other well. Paul is not only referring to how we handle things in our communities, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our homes. He's also referring to the church. You see, the apostle Paul likely feared that the church in Galatia was headed down the wrong path, which is probably why he highlighted gentleness as the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, just a few sentences before that Paul speaks about the fruit of the Spirit, he says this in Galatians 5, verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. You know, this month, uh, we're having that anniversary of, you know, the, of the 9-11 that took place in 2001. We knew the tragic events, and people were sharing, where were you at that time? How were you feeling? I mean, even how people still feel. Every time that we go into that September 11th leading up to it, there's usually conversations because people still feel the hurt. People still uh, are, are just knowing how much that tra- tragedy affected their lives and they carry that along with it. And maybe there are a few of you here or online who are watching who were not even born by in 2001. But you know what's so, what's so important, and I've, and I've seen this also, is that in the midst of the tragedy that took place in 9-11, The next day, it seemed like people didn't worry about the skin color. People didn't worry about uh, whether blue lives or black lives or all lives. They were just talking. They were coming together with love. And, And I've seen these posts that says, why can't we be the people of September the 12th? We forget, ladies and gentlemen, In the midst of tragedy, how people come together when the body hurts, you know, others uh, feel it too. But we forget, we quickly forget sometimes throughout time how at one point or another we were coming together in the midst of tragedy. Not understanding things, but in the midst of not understanding, you still came together. Oh, my prayer that we as a nation can be the people of September the 12th. But like other fruits of the Spirit, gentleness is a, uh, you know, a divine characteristic that Christians should model to others. Our example should be that uh, that can be contagious. For example, Philippians 4, verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. See, reflecting gentleness to others can be challenging. Not because it goes against our natural impulses, but also because it can be unpopular. The Bible values gentleness and meekness, but the secular world often does not. Many people in Jesus' time and in our time today see gentleness and meekness 
as weakness. They are more likely to admire the relentless fighter willing to win at all costs. But Christianity teaches us a different way, a way that is contrary to our nature, but praiseworthy to God. There are few men and women who will like to be known for their gentleness. Yet, this is such a powerful fruit of the Spirit. We don't think of that in our Christian, you know, in our Christian lives, in our Christian upbringing, in our spiritual nourishment, that gentleness can be a powerful characteristic in our lives. But gentleness does not mean weak or a pushover. It means we are caring and thoughtful. It means that we are sensitive to the needs of others, putting others first. It is the fruit of the Spirit that we should all seek to acquire in our lives. People will naturally gravitate to people who are gentle and humble and tender-hearted. In the ancient world, when a popular leader made a triumphal entry into the city, he came riding in a majestic four-horse chariot surrounded by a powerful army. This is known as posturing, showing off the power and authority. But remember, the original Greek word of proutus means gentleness and meekness. In a complete 180 from that example, Matthew tells us how Jesus entered Jerusalem. It's a scripture that we normally would read on Palm Sunday. In Matthew 21, verse 5, it says, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a call the fowl of a donkey. You see, what the world sees as a weakness, God is seeing it in a completely different light. In the Sermon on the Mount, also known as the Beatitudes, Jesus tells us where his values are and where ours should be. In Matthew 5, verse 5, Jesus, as part of that beatitude as I was sharing, it says, he said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You see, it may be tough to understand, but these were Jesus' words. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the gentle. The fruit of gentleness in our lives. When we think of gentleness... Some people, again, related to weakness. And I love how Rick Warren has recorded saying that gentleness is strength under control. When you're living in gentleness, you are not overreacting. When other people raise their voice, you lower yours. Oh, that's, that takes a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> I know, amen. <laughs> Because you want to make sure you, take the, you get the last word in. And so when someone raises their voice and, 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 and becomes angry, we have a tendency to go and raise it so that way there's a volume match. Who becomes the loudest? Oh, and what about those that, you know, and not only just the volume of their voice, but then they start uh, uh, cussing or, or, or cursing. I don't know how, how you say it, but... 
foul language is added so that way, oh, you know, so that way they can feel like they're dominating the conversation. But oh, the fruit of gentleness in us when that happens, when the voices are raised, how where our voices remain low. And sometimes as Christians, we feel like, you know, that, that shows signs of weakness. That, that seems like, you know, they're taking that gentleness, you know, as, as uh, something that is going to make us lower than anyone else. But Jesus is saying here, blessed are the meek, blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. You know, when raising their voices, I remember just quickly before I end this sermon here today, I remember working for a Walmart uh, Tire Loop Express where they have oil changes and tire changes and battery changes and everything else. And I was working there and there was a time that part of my responsibility was taking the order of the individuals coming in. And then they would say, they need this, they need that. And man, there were times that the customers were yelling they demanded their cars, they did, did this, they did that, and you could, it could be heard throughout the whole shop. And I'm just there. I will make sure that your vehicle is taken care of the same way as everybody else's vehicle has been taken care of. And some of the, the tech, other techs will be like, I don't know how you could do that, man. I don't know how you could do that, man. I'll be flipping, Right? For those of you who don't understand, flipping means, you know, the... (laughs) But there are times, ladies and gentlemen, that I I wasn't expecting this, but my supervisor, there was no shop manager at that time, my supervisor was looking for someone to step up into the role of shop manager and become. And I was selected just three months into that job. And one of those characteristics that... I love how you handle the customers. You gotta understand, ladies and gentlemen, and if you're like this, customers are not always right. Just wanna make sure you know that, okay? (laughs) Amen, amen. So be patient for those who are taking your orders, the waiter waiter or waitresses and others, you know, be, be patient with them. That's a little side note, but customer is not always right. I wanna share that in the midst of people getting loud, Activate your gentle fruit in you. The fruit that's produced by the Holy Spirit in our lives. In fact, when people know or have a feeling that they will not see another person again, they tend to make the last words be beneficial to the receiver. And like the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Galatians, he gave final instructions to his student, Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, he says, But you, Timothy, you are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and here it is, gentleness. Ladies and gentlemen, what a great example we have in Jesus. Let gentleness be an antidote to your conflicts, in your homes, in your relationships. Use gentleness to communicate love and engage gentleness as a strength and don't look at it as a weakness. 
It is the fruit of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit is producing in all of you. You have it. Just learn from Jesus. Learn how to activate it in our lives today, especially in our lives today when we have so much dissension and disagreements and everything else. Let gentleness in your lives beat out anything else that comes your way. Let us pray. Loving God, we are thankful for your love. We thank you for your word today about gentleness. We sometimes look at it as more of a weakness, and we just heard today that it is not. You, uh, Jesus Christ, shared with the disciples on the mountaintop the Beatitudes that blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Let us, God, Start utilizing that fruit of the Spirit in our lives, in our relationships, and the way that we respond to situations, especially in the interpersonal relationships. We know, God, that in the midst of this, let us have the opportunity to activate this fruit of the Spirit in us. We have it, Lord. We just have to learn how to use it to give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week or later on, if you find yourself in a potentially heated conversation, remember to activate, activate the fruit of the spirit of gentleness in you. May God bless.